Hello and welcome to We've Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And a star is born. <laughs> or it isn't. Well, um, I uh, have not been looking forward to this. Yes. Uh, we're going to get right into spoiler territory. You're expected to know what the, what the story is. Yes. Um, you know, this is a film that's been made three times before, so we're going to get right into talking about the plot details. The trailer, when we first saw the trailer... Um, it was, you know, a load of guitar-y, American-y, rocky country stuff with Bradley Cooper singing in these handheld, shaky camera things and telling Lady Gaga how beautiful she is. And I thought it looked absolutely awful. And I said as much to you at the time. Yes. But, you know, you've got to go see it because it's a remake of three classics. Well, it's a remake of one classic, okay. uh, the George Cukor 1954 version. Um, I've seen... Is the Streisand one not more uh, fondly remembered? No. Well, the thing about the Streisand one is that, you know, for people of my generation, it was like an enormous hit. Yeah. Uh, and was it 1977 or 78, something like that? Uh, ish. I, I haven't got um, So, you know, like I had friends in high school who went to see it like 10 times and... You know, the soundtrack was everywhere. And, mm. you know, I think I might have gone to see it two or three times as well. 1976. Yeah. So, um, you know, but it's not a good movie. I mean, I tried <laughs> to see it. I tried to see it the other day. Yeah. Um, and it's got certain kind of iconic things. Um, you know, the whole bathtub putting on the makeup thing is from that movie. Mm. And Chris Christopherson was incredibly beautiful. Uh, in that, very sexy. But then, you know, kind of, so is Bradley Cooper in this one, actually, I think. Mm. Um, well, he is a director. He lets himself look amazing. He lets himself look amazing. But actually, that's a compliment, because often people don't. And it is kind of important. I, well, okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the opposite. The guy's no. all ego. Go on. No. I, I mean, and actors have often talked about this, actually, because... You know, being a director is like you've got to look after everything from sound to light. So you're making so many decisions that actually what, the, you know, what uh, directors who are directing themselves most often forget is their own performance. And that's been, you know, proven true in countless films. Right. Uh, so, you know, to, to, to be mindful of how he's lit, you know, and, and his own performance is, is a positive thing. Yeah. How, how lucky that he doesn't forget... To look after stopping snarky compared to other people who've directed themselves. Well, it's a I, real issue. I think the guy's all ego. He is, and I, actually, I think it comes. It, this film is, it's it's like a filmed humble brag, and I think that's what he is as well. He's a humble brag. It's basically this this he has this this thing that comes across to me of him and of this film of. You know, well, oh, this is this is just my wee little I, awards contender. I don't agree. I I humbly uh, offer. I I don't think that comes across to me in any of his other performances. In fact, he's somebody who became a star very late in life, comparatively. So you know, he had like kind of you know more than a decade of doing bits and bobs and not working and so on. So actually, I just don't think that's true. There's nothing that I've seen him in that I think he's improved. And to me, he. He American scream- Sniper. He screams The Place ego. Beyond the Pines. I don't think he elevates any of those. Uh, that film where he plays uh, uh, 
he's schizophrenic or whatever with Jennifer Lawrence. He's incredibly good in that. He was good in that. Uh, American Hustle. He's incredibly good in that. No, I don't think it was a very good film. I don't think there's a thing. I don't think there's a single thing he's been in that he couldn't be replaced in. Well, I, I, I do. I, I mean, I, I can't think of you know how somebody else would have made that part in American Sniper, you know, as kind of sympathetic as he did. So, I think he's the best thing about the film. Okay. You know. So, um, and actually, I think that to me. Uh, you know, on the one hand, he's generous, right? Because he gives most of the song things to Gaga. You know, uh, so not... she gets she gets almost all the songs. Well, not and quite. And all the performance bits. Yes. No, he does. He's got an awful lot of singing. He's in. got he's got two songs. One of which he sings this heavy rock fraction thing at the very beginning, and then "Don't Let the Old Ways Die" or whatever it's called, which he repeats like three or four bars of you know, intermittently throughout the film. All the big musical numbers are hers. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So, um, you know, and so I think that's kind of like an interesting thing that he's done because in a way he's given most of the acting stuff to himself mm. and kind of most of the performing stuff to her. So so that's interesting. My My problem with the film is very simple. You know, I don't get Lady Gaga. So, you know, I kind of, I, you know, it's, it's not that I think she's not good or whatever. I just, I just don't understand why, you know, why. So the, the film is called A Star is Born. I don't understand why a star is born and I don't understand why a star died either. Right. So that's the kind of the fundamental storyline that, you know, as, as one of the, you know, the two people fall in love, one, their star rises and the other one kind of declines to the point that they commit suicide so they don't get in the way of, of their, the person they love's life and career. So, you know, I, I understand why Lady Gaga might sell records, you know, and why she's a performer. But actually, I don't understand why, she, you know, I don't see her as a film star. And I find her dull to look at and also kind of, and very badly dressed, you know, especially after she's become a star. It's like the worst, the worst dresses in of the year in this film. I don't understand, you know, the idea behind them. Um, but also, I, I just, you know, I she's not transparent. So she's always acting. She's always acting the way that you imagine Madonna acts with her dancers, right? That, you know, she gives the impression that she's open or whatever, but actually there's a whole interior world that nobody has access to. And I feel that's the kind of performance that Lady Gaga gives. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a play performance. She's doing all the right things, but actually she's opaque. You know, you don't know what's going on inside that person. You know, she's somebody who's built her whole career out of hiding. So, you know, what she communicates with is her songs and her singing, which I think they are very expressive, right? I can understand why why she is a star with that, mm. right? Um, but, you know, she wears costumes and, you know, makes statements, and it's all about layering things on, mm. right? And then actually what happens in this film is that all of that gets stripped away, but there's still a kind of mask, 
right? Like, you know, I, I just feel I don't have access to this person's interior life. I agree. You know? I mean, that seems to be like the whole Lady Gaga thing. Yes. You don't get in. Yes. Um, I mean, not that I know that much about her, but like I'm aware that she's like basically made a career out of wearing meat. Yes. And uh, makeup and wigs and to, to the point where she's like that's sort of who she is. Mm. I mean, the, part of the novelty of her performance in this film, and to an extent that I think it's being sold as this, is that it's Lady Gaga without all of that. Yeah, you know, but Lady not... Gaga without the makeup and without uh, the, the the meat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no meat or makeup for Gaga. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I, I, so like the film, it's 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 really aware of Lady Gaga being this whole uh, kind of multi-layered sort of performed thing. Mm. That that this like part of the reason to see this is she stripped away. You know, you never saw her like this before. Yes. Um, but actually, you feel like she probably needs all that stuff. Well, actually, I, I'm not sure that she does. But really, the thing is that she's she's only expressive with her songs and her singing, right? As soon as she stops singing in the film, you have like, you know, well, you know that something is happening, but you don't know quite what, and you can't see behind the eyes. I mean you know, kind of, she's not communicating the way that actors do. And also, she's not communicating the way stars do. Mm. Like, you know, on film, so for example, uh, 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 Bradley Cooper is so charismatic, you can't help, and I have a whole series of other problems with this performance, mm. but you can't, you can't help looking at him. But actually, she's got to be doing something before you look at her. She doesn't draw your attention. She, you know, to, I don't understand why she's a star on film. I don't get her. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she doesn't draw your eye, really. I agree. Um, so, and it has nothing to do with, you know, with looks, because, you know, kind of, I mean, you know, people used to say that about Streisand, oh, you know, that she wasn't beautiful. But A, I thought she was beautiful, because as Pauline Kael says, well, talent is beauty, and she was definitely a film star. You couldn't help looking at her, mm. right? I mean, some people hated her. You know, but kind of whether you hated her or loved her, she, everybody, she was a film star. Yeah. You know, whereas you don't get that with Gaga at all. Um, so my problem with Bradley Cooper is that he over-sentimentalizes his own performance. You know, he's such a needy actor that he's always out to please. I mean, I noticed actually in one of the shots that he's got laugh lines over these, you know, he's got these beautiful cheekbones Right, and he's got these laugh lines that extend over Mount the Mount Rushmore of a cheekbone, and then goes down at a certain angle. And you think it's because he's always trying to please. His whole performance is him smiling to try to please. Mm. Yeah, he never does anything like James Mason in the nineteen fifty four version. He's cruel and nasty, and he's mean to underlings, and you know, mm. and he's a mean drunk. You know, and so actually kind of he's not afraid. The actor gives a performance in which he's not afraid to be disliked. Whereas actually, I think Bradley Cooper is afraid to be disliked. He, he yeah. actually, you know, doesn't do anything nasty in this. I kind of agree. I think, uh, well, uh, he... So this is a film about two awful people who are almost irredeemably awful. Well, I don't think... I don't think and um, they get worse when they're together. So that's not exactly the problem here. But I think the problem here is that you're supposed to feel so sympathetic towards these two. Like a lot of what's what's going on, you know, they have their problems, and obviously their, their relationship is really toxic. But um, you're supposed to feel the romance of it. 
all the time. And I just I can't sympathise with any of that. I couldn't. I I, um, I don't even know what attracted them. You know, because you know he says things like they're be- you're beautiful and they have a love scene and you can really what is communicated very clearly is that he's bowled over by her talent, right? Yeah. By her singing Le'Veon Rose and so on. You know, um, and obviously that's part of the attraction. But then everything else is really kind of not communicated very clearly. And from her point of view, you don't get the sense, like, you know, in the Barbra Streisand version, for example, you got the sense that, like, part of the reason she was with Chris Christopherson is because he rocked her world sexually, right? Mm. You never get that feeling no. in this. But the thing about the two the two people being awful, like they're, they're both insufferable, but in different ways. So I don't think he's insufferable. I think he's insufferable. He's an absolute creep. Why? He's always touching her. Right when he meets her, and he's, and he, as you say, bowled over by her, he doesn't let her have her own space. He, she's always touching her. The first thing he does is, is peel the fake eyebrow off her. Mm. And she's, she's kind of, okay, what are you doing? You know, then he touches her nose to, to reassure her that her nose is beautiful. Then he touches her on the forehead for no reason. He gets into her room when she's asleep. How'd you get in here? My, you know, your dad let me in. Oh, uh, great. He, and, but then, like the film, like that, it's, not, it's, not, it's not bad to just have that in the film, but then the film seems to be saying that this is a woman who desperately needs a man to invade her space to give her confidence and to show her that she can be more than she believes that she looks like. Well, it's. I found it really reprehensible. I don't. I don't agree. Um, you know, I, and to me, that's kind of that. What, none of those things were any problems uh, uh, in the film uh, for me at all. And actually, I disagree about Bradley Cooper because I actually think that Bradley Cooper is great, and you you completely understand what he's feeling at any given moment. You know, he's got this face that is really, I think, transparent. You know. The only thing is that the character, as he's written it, or whoever's written it, and certainly the way that he's chosen to perform it, never... You, you see, that, what you were saying just now, if it was really true, would make for a more interesting character. Because actually, I think, you know, he doesn't do... He does things that are self-destructive, but he never does anything mean, you know, or nasty, really. So, he, you know, he ruins her performance at the Grammys. But he doesn't mean to, right? Whereas I think in other versions... They're nasty, cynical people. That's part of how they've gotten ahead, right? Like, well, no, I mean, I, I, look, I haven't seen the other ones. We should make, we should probably say that as well. I was going to watch the other three, and I, I tried, and immediately I said, I can't do this. You have to watch the Gar- the Garland version is oh, ma- one of the great masterpieces. I just I thought I can't, I can't stand to. Oh. And well, actually, I think you you would have loved the What Price Hollywood because it's one of those 1930s films that's really cynical and really smart with snappy dialogue and really kind of a commentary on the film industry of the period, mm. you know, and it's, and it's very short. Um, so I like that very much. I also quite like the 1937 version, except, and, and actually Frederick Marsh is very good in it. And again, you know, uh, um, you know, he plays a, a character who's full of himself and kind of and so on. Um, but I just can't stand Janet Gaynor, actually, uh, in the film. She's really, like, you know, kind of drippy and nice. Um, okay, well, I don't want to forget the point that we were talking about, though. We were talking about um, Bradley Cooper uh, being... Uh, not doing enough bad things, was it, we were talking about? I can't quite remember. Yeah, the, basically, you know, he, 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 he does self-destructive things that often end up harming other people. But actually, that you know, he's he's not a mean person. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say that. Um, 
I think I think it's more insidious than that. I think I think his it, he he's like he's like the nice guy. Like he's not outwardly an awful person and, and abusive, but he's he there's this insidious aspect to what an awful person is that he's kind of he's so supportive. You know, you're absolutely beautiful and you don't believe it, but I'm here to tell you that you are. So I think maybe maybe she doesn't give a fuck what you think. Like why are you so why is he so important that like his opinion on what she looks like should should take precedence? But like, it does. <laughs> and actually, you know But it's not asked for, you know? It's not like it's like I said, this is like the No, but actually this, I think there is a this, line. This is the no, per, this is the personal space no, thing. Like he's just no. he invades her. There's life. a line where she says you know, I show off my music and people hear me, you know, and they're all very excited. And then they look at me and they're no longer interested. So it's an issue for her. Yeah, but this is okay. kind of why I hate her as well, because then, like, she she lapses Well, up. you're being unreasonable now. I don't think I'm being unreasonable. I hated these characters. And I and honestly, I was having some of the worst times I've ever had in the cinema in this film. <laughs> I, I genuinely was. Because I found these two absolutely, insufferably awful and and like I I I remember that a lot of people said this about um, the Wolf of Wall Street that like why would I want to hang out with these people why do I want to spend three hours in their presence it's just they just they're indulgent and they're awful and uh, but like, I think that film you know well, had more, let, much more of a purpose let's, this I felt the same way well, let's I felt the, like I cannot I cannot well, sympathise with anything and I definitely try an act of empathetic imagination because you know like when we came out of the cinema there's a whole queue of people which you know for a Monday night. 8 o'clock screening or, or you, that it was going to be or 7.30 or 7.45 or whatever it was, you know, it's, it's a film that's resonating kind of with a lot of people. So why might that be? Well, these people who haven't seen it yet. That's, that's not true because it's also been very well reviewed, right? Yeah, but these people, I wonder how many of them were returning viewers. Well, yeah. I think I think maybe they'll all come out with with having just as awful I think time it's as a, I did. I think it's a film that I can very easily imagine having you know particular resonance for for you know for a female audience and for a gay male audience. I I can I, I what you mean. I think it's a film that will you know the soundtrack is going to be popular and um, people are going to really fall in love. I think it's it's asking for that, but it's I think there are it's things such fodder. I think there are things that. Um, heterosexual men can connect to as well. There's a whole thing about the relationship between fathers and sons, right? And there's the the whole thing about kind of a relationships between brothers and kind of, you know, and brothers as fathers and, you know, kind of different experiences of bring of upbringing generationally and so on. That, you know, I, I was very touched, to, you know, that first conversation with Sam Elliott uh, and Bradley Cooper, you know, when... when um, the, you know, they talked about their father. Yeah. Which, which I don't remember. Was that the one where he punched him? Or was that before that? No, it was before that. Okay. It was, you know, the the very first one. Right. So. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, no, there was. I mean, the, the element, the, the, the Sam Elliott, Bradley Cooper relationship, uh, I did like. Well, at least I like the point at the end where he, he says, you were the one I idolised, not dad. Mm. I like that. I mean, there were, there were moments that worked on me. Um, and actually, I think uh, as the film reaches its final moments, mm. although before it gets to the suicide, um, I, I started to like it more and I resented that because um, I think we've talked about before the idea of the, the Hollywood happy ending being basically you do that because if you leave people on the happy note, then they you kind of forget everything. Like the, the, the most recent aspect of your experience uh, colours every other part of it. 
Um, and so you, know, you can show the most awful things, but if the ending is happy and hopeful, then that's the kind of tone it leaves you with and it gets people back. And it's not, that's not, this film doesn't have that. It, it, it's not a happy ending, but it's a sympathetic ending. And I think it's doing a similar sort of thing mm. because these people are awful, or at least Bradley Cooper is, is awful, I think. And, but then the film offers him this path to redemption through, through his rehab yeah. and he seems to really improve. We have to stay saying that word because actually I, I really disagree. I don't think he's awful, right? So for you to just assume that he is... Well, it's not assume. I mean, it's my interpretation, my opinion. All this is my opinion. Mm. Um, the, 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 but the film offers him this, this, this path to redemption because the, the drugs and the alcohol are a problem and it sends him to rehab uh, after he uh, you know, embarrasses himself uh, uh, at the Grammys. And then he really kind of seems to improve and his mind is less clouded, basically. Um, and, you know, that's when uh, Lady Gaga is sort of saying, I wonder if you're going to be the same person, if you're even going to want to come back to me. Like, was it all the alcohol? Mm. He's like, no, of course it wasn't. And then I started to really feel like, that's when I really started to feel like that, that that's what the true love is mm. between them. Um, not that I kind of didn't accept it before, but I didn't feel it before. Um and and I started to resent that like the film was 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 playing this trick to try and make me forget how awful I'd found it up until then. But then he uh, then the, the suicide. It doesn't make sense in this movie. Um, I don't think it does because there is another thing. It's my we should mention my brother. I, my brother said to me the other day on WhatsApp. He says, "Have you seen *The Star Is Born*?" I said, "No," but clearly he had something to say. So I texted him earlier to say, "What did you think?" Um, before before I'd seen it. And then I got out of the cinema and there was 22 messages waiting mm. for me. The guy's got stuff to say. Um, and he doesn't mind if we talk about it as well. Um, and one of the things he said was he thinks the suicide... He doesn't like the suicide because it's th- there's a kind of heroic feel to it. Yes. I mean, I you see, in the 1954 version, and indeed the other ones, the suicide makes sense not only because the guy's losing his career, you know... Uh, um, but also because they can't live with themselves, you know, because they're doing things that are so embarrassing, you know, to themselves, that are so humiliating, right, that they just can't live with themselves. That, and, you know, it's, yeah. and it's rendered completely understandable, mm. right? You can see why this person doesn't want doesn't to keep going on. Um, but in this one, it's like, you know, he's still got money, he's still got house, he's still got a career, even though, you know, it's not as high as it was. So really kind of the only reason why he seems to be offing himself is because, you know, he's potentially damaging her career. Yeah. And you think, well, whoever killed himself, you know, to improve somebody else's career, right? Like, yeah, like not, not even life or anything, just car- like it's just stupid. Well, so, the, so the way it works in this film is that um, she's, she's got this European tour coming on. Which is and and they make a point of like so early in your career like this is amazing mm. um, to be this successful this early, and her manager pays him a visit when she's not there, basically to say you know while you were in rehab we had a huge mess to clean up, and um, you you don't appreciate how how close you came to ruining your wife's career, um, so you know despite the fact he's been really working on improving himself like that gives him a, something to think about, um, and then she comes in and. You know, hugs him and, and says, "We cancelled the tour. Basically, I I want to be with you. Like you're what matters to me, not the, not the tour. You matter to me more." And and so then it then it becomes he kills himself because he feels like her his his um he's ruining her her career, as you say. And the thing is, in that 
in that scene where they're they're in bed together and she says we're cancelling the tour, um, all I'm thinking is just talk to her. Like there is a there is a remedy to this. Yeah. Speak to her. Say you know like your manager came round and blah 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 and you know I I I need to make the sacrifice of sending <coughs> you on tour and we'll see if we can still be together. Whatever it might be, but. But like there is, there is such a way of getting of of moving the story in a different way. He doesn't have to kill himself. It feels so manipulative, so manipulative, it's, and it's just to get the ending, and it's just to keep the story the same as it was before. It doesn't make sense in this movie. And also, what I didn't like about it, by the way, is that you know in the other films, you get an impression of how the industry, this you know this fame industry, you know the film industry, and. All that goes along it, along with it, the creation of an image, the circulation of images, you know, uh, the need to change people's faces and names and, you know, and all of that in order to kind of sell them to a mass audience. You, you know, part of the pleasure of watching all the other versions of this film is that you feel it gives you an insight into the machinations of, you know, that industry and the construction of images for circulation. This one, you feel it doesn't. You know, it felt very superficial. This yeah. occurred to me, like I was thinking, particularly when it got to the appearance on Saturday Night Live, and Ali's performance. The, the song that she sings is crap, mm. right? It's this electronically produced, um, you know, kind of. It's got no feeling in it. I mean, the other songs have feeling in them, right? Mm. When she sings on stage, when you drag her on stage early mm. on, you know, like she she expresses herself, and it's and it's it's really good, I think. Um, and then by the time it gets to Saturday Night Live, like she's become heavily produced and she's doing dance routines and like none of this was in, was on the cards early on. Mm. And so you're thinking like it's this it's the point of this to be this awful to 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 um, to express the, the 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 cynicism and the lack of the lack of integrity in in the music industry. But I don't. Think the film is actually making a point of that. It didn't feel like it was. It felt very superficial. If it was, well, it, it, it's, I not, think it's not it, like it kills her music. No, you know? but I think I think it is superficial. But it was trying to do that. Yeah, right. To be authentic and you know to have integrity in relation to what it is you want to express. Um, it felt very cynical to me. The last song that she sings on, at the memorial for her husband's death. Right. I didn't feel emotion there. It felt to me like like this is. All the music in the film, this is what it leads to, is about showing off rather than actually feeling something. I never felt like there was real heart in in the music somehow. I felt like it was all about the, the being on stage and being the big I am and that sort of thing. Mm. I think I think the film has, pays lip service to the idea that it's artistic. Everyone's talking about it being you know having a voice and that sort of thing. Yes, but but by I the don't time, know. I mean, I. I've I've already forgotten the song. We've just you know we've just seen it and heard it, and I've already forgotten that one. So I really can't. Well, it wasn't the song specifically, but it was the performance. It was um, like Lady Gaga singing these perfect notes, belting them out, and it's like, but this is the thing where your husband's just died. Shouldn't you be crying through this performance? Well, actually, I don't know. There's something I read. I read somewhere where you know the music was recorded live, mm. so you know it, it should be having those imperfections where it's not coming from the studio. But what I mean is, like the the music is kind of perfect at the end. That's what I mean. Like she she's singing so beautifully, at the and, and like like any other stage performance. But I'm thinking this is a song where you're memorializing your husband, and this is this is the thing about the, the song that he wrote that she found and he never performed, and he wrote it for her. Like she should be sobbing through this performance. It should be really imperfect, but I, it's not. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you see bits of that, but anyway, it's not communicated very clearly. I think the most interesting thing about that end 
is that it looks with her staring directly at the audience in kind of a confrontational manner. Mm. I, you know, I may not be as beautiful or slim or as glamorous or whatever as other people, but I am a star. Um, I, you know, well, I'm interpreting that. I don't know. Okay, well, let's return to some of your brother's points. Let's see. <laughs> One of his first things is, uh, I largely just think it's a bullshit, self-obsessed vanity project. Uh, which speaks to rather what I think about uh, Bradley Cooper. Yes. Um, he says, Jackson Maine is just a nonsense character. I don't understand why I'm expected to understand him. What do you think of that? Well, he's clearly not a nonsense character in the sense that there's been, like, what, four previous iterations of it, hmm. you know, and, and, the, and a lot of them hold up. I, I think, actually, the Frederick March performance and the James Mason performance, they hold up. So I don't think it's the character, really. I think but, it's but this this version of him, though. Yeah, this version of it I find very weak. Mm. You know, so so it's not it's not the character. It's kind of the iteration of the character, the way this one has been fleshed out or not fleshed out. Yeah. You know. Um, so and and actually, I do think that. So you see, I I I'm not sure if I, I would say that it's a vanity project, but actually, it is a film in which um, he gets to do all the feeling or all the emoting, let's say, right? Um, mm. Yeah, and... He's given himself an awards contender role. Well, I think, he's, I think he is great at what, what he's doing. So, you know, I kind of... Um, and he's definitely, like, fantastic to look at. I mean, he is, I think, a film star. So, you know, kind of, for me, the great pleasure of the film is looking at him. <laughs> and I think the music is good. Yeah. I, like I say, apart from that very... one song that I pointed out, the, the, the Saturday Night Live one, uh, where I think it's making the point that this song is bad. Yeah. I think the music is really good, and I like listening to it. I've got to say, I like the performances early on. I especially like the, the, the song that he sings to the drag queen, you know, where she, where she says, when yes. he says, um, you know, make sure you look at me while you sing. I don't care what you sing, but look yeah. into my eyes. Um, you see, the drag queen thing, I mean, if I could yeah, let's talk about the connect drags. that, right? Yeah. Because one of the interesting things in this film is that it has, I mean, I'm sure there are really tiny walk-on parts, and I remember there's a backup singer and so on, but actually it has no other women, female characters, hmm. right? She's the only female in this world that we see, right? And so there is the whole thing in the drag club, which is fun and, you know, la vie en rose and whatever. Um, but I think actually that kind of... I mean, when you're thinking about the the Lady Gaga character, and th this is going to sound like a big criticism or a stereotype, and I don't mean it that way, but I do think, you know, that for a heterosexual woman to live her life, you know, exclusively in what we see with gay men in drag bars indicates or points to a problem. With right? the film? No, with the character. Okay. Yeah. So when you were saying, oh, she, you know, about, about her being beautiful, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think kind of, um, yeah, to me. What, 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 can you elaborate on what that problem is? Well, because, you know, um, gay men or drag queens are not the only people to find shelter in these spaces. You often have a lot of young women, you know, who uh, also find shelter in these spaces and, you know, become friends and you know, with gay men and, and with drag queens and so on. You, oh, you mean the fact that she was the only woman in there? I thought you meant the fact that she only seemed to hang out with them as opposed to straight people. Well, that too, both of oh, those things. Right. 
You know, she doesn't have any other. She doesn't have any yeah, yeah. heterosexual friends, <laughs> right? But, the, but uh, the point, you, the first point you were making was that there should be other straight women in this bar. Really, is that is that what you meant? No, I, you know, not 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 in the bar, right. you know, but that she doesn't have a girlfriend, you know, to talk to, or you know, yeah, kind of. I mean, her world seems to be a world of gay men and drag queens. That is, you yeah. know. And actually, I think that that does point to, to, you know, a problem or a lack or, you know, questions of self-image and things like that. So, so the flaw in the character, you think, is something along the lines of if she, she doesn't hang out with uh, women because she feels like low on the food chain amongst them or something like that? Well, I, don't, I mean, you know, I can't extrapolate those things. I'm just saying... Well, no, it's all speculation, but it's an interesting thing to um, think about so you, as you brought it up. Well, um, you know, the only, this has a lot to do with, you know, her character's depicted as one who doesn't think she's beautiful and, you know, who, who you know, who's, who's not reassured, who feels damaged in some way. She doesn't have a mother, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, kind of, I just think it's interesting that this drag queen bar is her world. It's her social world. Yeah. We see her at work with her gay friend, right? And then, you know, we see her at play. And then everything else is just Bradley, isn't it? Yeah. So, and that's after that. So it's like, it's almost like he frees her, you know, or... <laughs> no, freer is the wrong word, because actually they maintain the contact with the gay, with the drag bar, and she's got her gay best friend and so on. But let's say he opens up her world. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, I kind there of, is, there is a feeling that like it, it, she, she is hiding in there. Yes, I think she, so. Yeah. Um, and in fact, when but, uh, but that's something else I find distasteful about Bradley Cooper's character. Why? <laughs> well, the idea that like he's there to save her, you know, but like I say, in this insidious way of these fake smiles. But actually what's interesting about the narrative of this film always is that it's not like that. So, you know, the man always helps the woman's career and the woman tries to save him, mm. which actually I think is also something that I didn't like about this film because actually she really doesn't put much effort into it. She doesn't do much <laughs> to save him. She doesn't, <laughs> you know. So so that whole affective dimension of, you know, in which any two people in a relationship, you know, you'd see kind of more. I mean, she's actually quite... Harsh with him, get your act together, blah, blah, you know, from now on you won't do this. So I didn't like that. I, I just thought it wasn't human, really. Um, that's not the way people are. Something else my brother says is these kind of films are actually kind of out of date now, so it just looks odd. I think the problem for me with this film, and that might relate to what your brother says, I mean, I don't think the story is out of date. You know, it's been done every 20, 30 years. You know, it's been massively successful every 20, 30 years. I think it's going to be massively successful now. So, you know, there's an audience for it. Mm. I think in, in the sense in which this film feels out of step or maybe out of fashion for me is that, you know, mass media has changed and so has stardom, right? And, you know, who is a star and what is a star and what, what stardom is constituted by in our contemporary world is really different than it was in Barbara Streisand's day as a film star in the 70s or Judy Garland's, you know, in the 50s. And actually that it doesn't give us any insight into that. The idea is, you know, that they're big singing stars and that that's somehow the way that stars always have been, right? 
rather than it being something new. I mean, there's nothing, for example, about going viral or the internet or there digital. is that one. There is that one thing that first performance when he drags on stage and then her dad and his mates are talking about See that's how many YouTube. views. Yeah, you know. okay. So there's a little bit of that. But anyway. yeah, but it's also a set of cliches. I mean, oh, yeah, Can yeah. you imagine if somebody like you know? Because let's just change race here and say, you know, because if you say something like Kanye or Beyonce or whatever. You know, the fact that they need to go onto Saturday Night Live to make any kind of career statement is absurd, mm. you know. So, so, so the film doesn't give you insight into it, you mm. know. Uh, so, so I think that's a, that's, it's in that sense that it might feel old-fashioned. Mm. Let's talk about one more thing, which is because we haven't really talked about the aesthetics. We haven't at all talked about the We've talked about the plot and the characters and the performances. But what about the way it was shot, the way it was filmed, the way it was edited... Um, I mean, I, I actually, I didn't mind any of that, though. The thing, uh, you know, about me is that, you know, I have studied the 1954 George Cukor version and it's so precise and beautiful and kind of every, everything is motivated by meaning and feeling that this just seemed like, you know, they put 50 cameras and they edited together, you know, often largely in terms of close-ups, right? So one of the things that I did like very much about, um, the image was that it had a kind of a depth to it in terms of look, yeah. right? You know, so it was very beautifully lit, particularly when it was Bradley, Bradley Cooper's face, um, you know, and it has like all these amber tones. So I liked the lighting very much. But actually, in terms of having a mise-en-scene or whatever, it did to, you know, it did in many ways seem grabbed footage edited together. Though um, this had moments where, you know, um, kind of, when, when Bradley Cooper was in a state and you'd have the musicians kind of in the background rendered almost into elongated... Uh, what's that? What's the the French sculptor who does these long, odd shapes? Um, oh, I don't know. It's like all of the figures were kind of like twisted into kind of elongated figures. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I noticed actually that that recurred several times. Right. But other than that, I did, to be honest, I didn't see much. Anyway, let's wrap it up here. I was very disappointed. I, you know, I had very much looked forward to it, uh, you know, because I love almost every other version, actually. Well, I, every other version, you know, even though, for example, the 76 version is not very good. I still love it. I, I mean, I, I don't feel that bad that I had such a horrible time um, because, you know, I was expecting to and... And I don't think my expectations clouded my judgment too much. Yes. I feel like I would have had a bad time no matter what. Well, you <laughs> definitely would have. But, you know, for me, it was like I did have high expectations and the film was very disappointing. Uh, it's still going to be a huge hit. And I think it's a film that people are going to talk about for a while, actually. So, um, but don't go in with too high expectations because I think you will be disappointed. We're eavesdropping at the movies. We're, um, we're on uh, iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud on social media Facebook and Twitter and uh, on YouTube as well and eavesdropping at the movies.com and Jose's already running off to make a cake bye bye no I mean, it's not cake I'm very hungry okay. it's 9 o'clock and I haven't eaten he's a hungry boy bye bye